0: Gates. That's <laughs> so I gotta say. That brother, my goodness, my goodness. Hey, take thirty seconds. Say hello to someone next to you. Ask them their name, that, how old they are, if they're married, single. What's up? Huh? What is it? Oh, okay. do it, do it. Is that your brother? <laughs> um, we started uh, San Isidro This is a long day. San Isidio, uh a multi-site today. We have 1,400 people this morning at the church for our first service down there. Amen. They only, they only have three services until uh, a few months. They got to get it warmed up at the school there. And today is our one-year anniversary for our East County campus. Let's give East County a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Um, let's get on our knees. Let's get on our knees. Let's get on our knees. Lord, thank you so much for um, our San Ysidro team. Thank you for the people who get up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, take all that equipment to the San Ysidro high school, set it up in the classrooms and break it down and take it back. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for the one-year East County. And just the amazing sacrifice people make out there every day to serve that community. Thank you for the people in North County who serve faithfully, been serving faithfully for years up there. And all the people on staff here in Point Loma. We thank you for the people who will serve in uh, City Heights and all the other communities that will put churches. And we pray you continue to bless the process. And Lord, we uh, thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you and to serve this city and to demonstrate the kingdom of God to San Diego. May we be faithful with that responsibility, with that privilege. May we be good stewards of the kingdom of God in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. Say word. Word. Oh, one more time. Say word. Word. Very good. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, I want to continue to remind you from last week to come on time. And that means if it's a 5 o'clock service that your booty is in the seat at 459. Okay. And come every week to this series and we'll continue to reinforce that. And I'll tell you here why in a minute. The uh, Seattle Seahawks played two Thursdays ago and they beat down, da- well, let me pl- let's say this. Well, they beat down the Green Bay Packers. If we have any Packers fans, y'all got beat down that two weeks ago. And after that game was over, the commentators were saying, they're the best team in the NFL. And I was like, they only played one game. And how do you come to that conclusion? Yet? And no one, else has, no one else has played, so how can you say that? And they were saying it because of context. Everyone say context. context. And their, con- their context was this. Their last game was the Super Bowl where they beat down the Denver Broncos. The defense, that, that, then, then come the new year, the new season, they got the same guys. Defense looked just as good and the offense even looked better. So based on the context, and they don't lose at home. So based on that context, they said, Based on all of that and that game, they're the best team because they were the best team last year and they seem to get got even better. Last week we started a series called What If. Everyone say, what if. what if. What if we really prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if we really prayed that and believed that? What would happen? What if we really ask God to do what Jesus told us to ask God to do and we live the way Jesus asked us to live, what would really happen? And I, and, I, and I was saying last week that if we did that, he would have to reach down in our life and do something supernatural. And that God would do something supernatural in your life and through your life. That has to happen. And so we're going to go in the next several months, we're going to study through the Lord's Prayer And we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer and learn and glean from Christ's life what he did and how he prayed and how prayer was integral in his life as he demonstrated. Everyone say, demonstrate. Demonstrate. The kingdom of God. Say, kingdom of God. So my challenge to you is to come every week. My challenge to you is to come on time and say to God, what if for this series, however long it's going to take, for this series, I am going to be like this. And I'm going to see what God's going to do. When I was a kid, and I'm sure y'all do this, we used to dare people. Step over that line. Did y'all dare? Double dare? Yes or no? What if you dared God? (laughs) God, you said this, so I am going to take you up on your promise. And I am going to do what you said, and I want to see what's going to happen. God is looking for someone like that. He's looking for a church like that. And I hope through this whole series you are challenged to get out of your comfort zone and allow God to challenge you. Now, or you could say, I don't want to be challenged. Well, if that's your attitude, I want you to look yourself in the mirror and say, I don't want all that God has for me. But say it out loud. Don't just live it and be indifferent. Say it out loud so you see how backwards it sounds, I don't want all that God has for me. Okay, that means you want some of what the devil has for you. Because something has got to fill that void. Are you with me? Okay, Genesis 1, we're going to look at the story. And what we're going to look at is we're going to look at the story, the context of how amazing you are. Because God has a plan for your life. He's got more for you than you think. Genesis chapter 1. Uh, number 1... <laughs> God created the heavens and the earth. He created the fish, the birds, the bees, the water, the land. And I know some of y'all believe in the Big Bang and evolution. Well, I'm not going to get into all that for a long time. We're going to do a whole series on evolution and creation next year sometime. Uh, But the question I have, is: if you believe in the Big Bang, who banged it? (laughs) And, and, And by the way, these are questions that your evolutionist people don't have clear answer for. They just say, well, time, you know, just stuff happens. Stuff does not just happen. Who banged it? Where did the stuff that got banged it come from? Because there's a lot of stuff that got banged it. Where did the energy to bang it come from? There's a lot of energy that banged it. And then after it got banged it, who organized it? Because when you blow stuff up, it doesn't organize itself. And everybody will tell you scientists will tell you that the universe is very intricately organized more than any watch or computer we have so that stuff doesn't happen by itself that's just plain logic and science who did that they don't have an answer i'm going to tell you it's god cuz god said he did it and it's there you can't just say it, you can't just say it just did it by itself cuz that's not even logical okay put that aside God created the heavens and earth just like the Bible says. Then he made man and then he made woe man. And look what it says, chapter 1, Genesis. It says, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. Say us. Say our. Who's us and our? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Chapter 1, verse 26 Let us make man our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the creeping things that creep on earth. By the way, these creeps are not people, even though some people are creepy. These are bugs. And God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created a male and female, and he blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Everybody say, fill the earth. It was only Adam and Eve. And they were going to have children fill the earth with people just like you. And then it says, subdue it. Say subdue. Say, say have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, or everything that moves on the earth. Uh, very clearly, God made man and woman. They walk with, they, uh, they walk with God. Uh, no, you didn't come from an ape. There wasn't black apes, white apes, Chinese apes, Mexican apes, Latino apes. God made two people, and from those two people, he made all the nationalities on the earth. If you look at Genesis 10 and 11, 10 and 11 talks about how God spread people and divided them by language, not by color. We are all the same color, brown, just different shades of brown. That's all it is. That's science. Called melanin. Some people you can see the brown, some people you can't. You call yourself white. You're not white, you just really like brown. Sorry to break it to you. If you lay in the sun long enough, it'll come out with most of y'all, some of it won't come out at all, you just get red. But that's just how I can't explain, I can't, can't help you on that one. Everybody's brown, it's not a curse, It's just really light brown. Everyone's brown. So God said, I'll make man and make woman. Man and woman are going to live forever. And man and woman, you're going to have children. And your offspring are going to live forever. And you're going to extend my government around the world. And you're going to have dominion of the world. That's what you're supposed to do. And we need to stop right here because you need to understand the original intent of humans. That God would make people in his image through which he could have relationships. God made people to enjoy what he was enjoying before he made the people. What was that? Loving relationship. Who was he having relationship with? Father, Son, Holy Spirit had loving relationship. We're going to make man in our image so we can have relationship with them. And we can have relationship with them forever. And they can rule on our behalf over the whole earth So he said, Adam and Eve, I want you to have children, I want you to fill the earth with people just like you, and we're all going to have a relationship. There was no sin, no lying, no cheating, no stealing, no death at this point, and that's the way it was supposed to be. Fill the earth, have dominion. By the way, there's a devil outside the garden. you got to subdue the earth. You have authority over him. He's only an angel. You have my authority. You need to stop right there. That's who we're supposed to be. Now, we don't understand that because we never lived in that context. That's what happened. The devil knows I have to, I have to break the relationship between man and, and God. Because the only, reason, the only way these people are going to have dominion over me if they have the authority of God over me. But I got to get it from them. And the only way I can get it from them is to get them to sin against God and to break that relationship. But he can't take it. He can only talk his way to get them to give it to him. Genesis chapter 3. They're in the Garden of Eden. And it says, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field the Lord God had made. And he said, the devil said to the woman, hey girl, what's your name? You looking good. Huh? How you doing? How you doing? Any girl any girl meet this dude right here? Yeah, this is where it all started, right there. <laughs> Has God indeed said you should not eat every tree of the garden? The woman said, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the trees, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch, lest you die. (laughs) The servant said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows in the day you eat, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. Now, if God told you when you do something, you're going to have a consequence... If you do it, you will have a consequence. If anybody else or anything else tells you something contrary to God, you believe God. Are you following me? If the radio talk show host tells you this is not true, don't believe him. If a pastor tells you something contrary to God, don't believe him. Believe God. So when Adam and Eve were like, and the devil said, what did God say? Oh, God said this. And the devil said, oh, that's not true. That is, that's a lie. Think about your life. There's things in your life where you believe the liar over God. And the same thing happens to you is what's going to happen to Adam and Eve. They believe the liar. They have all dominion over the earth, don't they? Can I get an amen? God told him to be fruitful and multiply and to extend the government that's in heaven. By the way, God is a king. There is a government in the heavenlies. A government. A spiritual government that God is king of. And he says, I'm, I am, you are my ambassador. I am giving you authority over the earth. I want you to run the earth in my place. That's why I made you in my image so we, we can communicate. Are you following me? The devil comes and says, I need to steal that authority, but I can't take it. I have to trick them to give it to me. So he lies to them because he knows if they sin against God, God is going to, the relationship is going to be broken. And look what happens. Verse 6 When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she gave of its fruit and ate. She also gave, she took of its fruit and ate, and also gave to her husband. Then the eyes of both of them were open. They knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. What happened was, as soon as they sinned and did what God told them not to do, death came. The relationship died. They knew they were naked. Why did they know they were naked? The theory is they were covered in light because they had no sin. Uh, there's a study called biophotonics. Biophotonics is a study of light coming out of living things. And when living things are healthy, it emits a lot of light. When Adam and Eve before they had any sin, the theory is that they had so much light they could not see they were naked. When they sinned, the light was muted and they saw they were naked. And all of a sudden the relationship with God was broken, and guess who had authority now? The devil. They gave it to him. Whenever you agree with the devil, matter of fact I did a whole sermon on Genesis 3 called Satanic Agreements. A few months ago, it's part of this series. Whenever you agree to listen to the devil versus listening to, listen to God, you are making a contract or an agreement with the devil. You are submitting yourself to his care. You are surrendering your authority to him. So if the devil says, if God says, listen, I don't want you sleeping around until you get married, which, which, by the way, was what the Bible says. But you say, you know what, God, I feel, I'm feeling it, and I don't want to do that, so I'm going to go have sex. God says, okay, you're on your own. So when you get pregnant, you get a disease, you get your heart broke, you get all of that, that's on you. Because what you did is you told the devil, I want to follow your direction. And the devil says, I'm going to get you. It may not be the first time, it may not be the second time, may not be the tenth time, but I'm going to get you. And I'm going to destroy something in your life. Same thing with drugs, same thing with alcohol, same thing with lying, cheating, and stealing. When you make that agreement, you hand your authority over to the devil and you say, devil, I am now submitted to you. You may not and probably will never consciously think that, but that's exactly what you're doing. And you have to understand from this point forward in the Bible, Genesis 1 and 2, the earth had no sin, no death, no lying, no cheating, no stealing. By the way, no illness. No sickness, no deception, no jealousy, no envy. Devil comes in, introduces sin. All of a sudden death impacts everything. Physical body, emotional body. Death impacts the earth. By the way, thorns are a result of the curse on the earth. That's why when Jesus died, he had thorns on his head. He was also paying the price for the curse on the physical earth. That's why there's going to be a new earth and a new heaven. From that point forward in Genesis 3, for the rest of the whole Bible, is the story of God, the story of the salvation of humankind, where God would restore man back to Genesis where there was no sin. Man is created sinless, man is created to rule the earth in God's place, to have authority over all the earth, authority over Satan. Satan comes, steals it. Jesus comes. Turn to Luke chapter 19. Remember, what am I doing? I'm giving you context to who you are and God's intent for you as a human being. And that you don't just see yourself as a Christian walking around the United States where Christianity is becoming a a target, which it is, but you have to hide and duck from the devil because he's more superior to you because he is not. The God that we serve is the almighty God, El Shaddai. He still sits on the throne. He still is in charge and he wants to give you all the authority that he has, that Christ has. Jesus dies on the cross and look what he says, well before he dies on the cross, look what he says in Luke 19 verse 10. The son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. I'm going to read it again. Adam and Eve in the garden, Adam and Eve have all dominion over all the earth. Adam and Eve lose that position of humankind. They lose the innocence that God gave them. They lose the eternal life that God gave them. And, and all their offspring is, are now sinners who die, are sinners who have no authority. Christ comes back and says, I am going to seek and save that which they lost. I want to put you back in your right place. Your right place is where you have authority over the devil. Oh, very important. Your right place is where God created you to have authority over the devil. Jesus came and said, I have come to seek and save that which is lost. Turn to 1 John, it's the fifth book from the end of the Bible. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Before the devil came, there was no death. No sickness, no lying, no cheating, no disease. Huh. The devil comes, there's death and disease. Amen? Look what Jesus said. Look at what, uh, 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 what it says in 1 John about Jesus. It says in verse 8, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 8, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. And then it says, For this purpose the Son of Man was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Adam and Eve, sinless, no death, no sin, no destruction. The devil comes in, introduces all that garbage into humankind. Here we are, thousands of years later. Jesus says, I've come to seek and save that which was lost in the garden. I wanna give you back your authority, and I've also come to destroy the works of the devil in your life. How many of you have the works of the devil in your life? Okay, let me explain a little thing. Y'all are thinking, man, I, don't know, I ain't going to admit that the devil's in my life. Lying, cheating, stealing, jealousy, envy, illness, death. Anybody got any of that stuff in your life? Mm-hmm. You know what God, Jesus said, Come and said. First uh, John said? That God wants to destroy that in your life. I used to use cocaine, smoke marijuana, both regularly. God said, I destroy it. You don't do that anymore. And a whole bunch of other stuff. You don't do that anymore. God says, I want to restore you back to here, Adam and Eve. I want, to, I, want to, I want to get you to where you are talking like God's saying, talking like me. Thinking like the Lord. Acting like the Lord. Loving like the Lord. Jesus comes, dies on the cross. Pays the price for Adam's sin. One of Jesus' names is the second Adam. Adam. He dies for Adam's sin and all of our sin, but specifically Adam, he introduced the sin into the world. Rises from the dead and guess what? He gets all authority in heaven. Back from the devil. It's very important for you to understand. When Jesus spoke with the devil in Luke chapter 3 and 4, uh, the devil says to Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kings of the earth and their glory because it has been delivered to me. He's the prince of the power of the air. He has been When was it delivered to him? In the Garden of Eden. Oh, he has authority. But he only has authority over a believer if the believer gives it to him. And every time you decide to agree with the devil or every time you decide to disobey God, which is the same thing as agreeing with the devil, you are giving him authority that he has no right over your life. Why would you give authority to the devil? Knowingly, there... You should never do that because he's, he's a murderer. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And while you turn there, I, I just want to keep building context. The reason all of this is very important for you to understand. It is very important for you to understand who you are in the eyes of God. And God's purpose for you as a human in his kingdom, that God wants to extend and express the kingdom of God through your life. That's what you were created for. Why is it so important? One, to understand, so when you pray, especially when you pray, thy kingdom come, you are telling God, I get it. And you are asking God to do what he wants to do. And then you can start to understand it, to live the way he created you to live. And then your life will be on purpose. And you won't be wandering around life trying to figure out, how do I get fulfilled? Is it money? Is it success? Is it women? Is it guys? Is it things? No, it is living in the kingdom of God and letting God run your life. Because that's why you were created. That's when you have the most fulfillment. If you are faithful in the little things God called you to do, he will entrust you with bigger things. And then you will enter into the joy of the Lord. We are searching for the joy of the Lord and the things of the world. And you never find it. You you enter into the joy of the Lord when you praise him and you live according to his plan for your life. Are you all with me? Is this making sense to you? Very good. Matthew chapter 10, look what happened. Verse 5. Jesus commissioning his disciples. He says, these 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles or do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of Israel. And look what he tells them to do. As you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is anywhere the presence of God has influence and it completely controls an environment. In other words, if God completely controls all of our attitudes to be like his, this would be heaven. Heaven. Heaven's not a place over there. It's any place that the presence of God is in complete control. Have you ever been to a beautiful beach or a, 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 a desert or the forest, and you, or you see a sunset and you don't see anything man made, or you see something man made, but your focus is on the sunset, the forest, the trees, nature, and you go, oh man, it's unbelievable. Can I get an amen? amen. You're having a spiritual experience. You're experiencing the glory of God. When you look at the stars at night, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God in many different ways. One is that every one of the zodiac signs is part of the gospel message, by the way. So when you look at your horoscope, that horoscope stuff is a demonic version of the creation of God. You should not read your horoscope. It's not, the horoscope's not up there to tell you about your day. That's some, some person writing that in the newspaper. The, the Zodiac are one twelfth of the gospel message, and it's literally a story that plays every year, a movie. That's what it's there for? Duh. You think some knucklehead just wrote that stuff out there and wrote some stuff? Oh, is that, here's how gases tell your life. No. God determines your life. So it declares the glory of God. Not only does it declare the glory of God with the story. And by the way, there are no pictures up there. You ever, you ever see a Zodiac? You ever look at the pictures? How do they get those pictures? It's not from the stars. God told them that. But it also, the Bible says that ever since the, beginning of the, ever since the creation of the world, the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen in the things that he, he has made. Whenever you look at creation for real, you just go, oh my God. You ever see a baby born, you go, oh, my God. I was talking to a, 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 a cancer doctor the other day, because my mom has cancer, and he, we were talking about all kinds of science stuff, and he was telling us that the little, the, 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 all your cells in your body, you have billions of cells in your body, and each cell has a, a DNA, the same DNA. And when cells grow too fast, they have what they call a suicide gene that kills the cell. Well, why would it do that? Because it's growing too fast. And if it grows too fast, you're going to have cancer. And, sometime, and what cancer does, is, that cancer overcomes that because of some disease. By the way, disease comes from the devil. What I mean by that is that it's all part of death. But the suicide gene has intelligence and it says you're growing too fast and it shuts it down. So I asked the doctor, wow, doc, that's, that's pretty amazing. So I'm starting to get into my creation evolution argument with the doctor. I was like, doc, where do you think that comes from? Because that's intelligence. Well, you know, over billions of years and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I, I says, but how did, it, how did it start? I mean, you had to have a, a first cell that had intelligence. How that happen? He says, well, just time time? <laughs> so if I just sit around for a billion years, my house is going to grow out of the ground? And I mean, I don't get that. That's a whole other story. But the point is, that it's intelligence. That's the glory of God. But look what he says. He says to His disciples, verse 7, as you preach, go saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is anywhere where God's presence has complete influence. When you ask Christ to come into your heart, the kingdom is there. The question is will you let the kingdom consume all of you? You have it in you. When we talk about spiritual gifts in a few months, people are going to say, well, can everybody heal? Can everybody, you know, speak in tongues or whatever? Everybody can do whatever the Holy Spirit in you decides to do. It's completely up to the Holy Spirit because all of it comes from the Holy Spirit. So just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. So he says, priest the kingdom of God. Imagine if your prayer was, God, thy will be done in my life. I just want what you want for me and I don't care what it is. That's what we want. That's what, that's what you're going to hear for the next several months. Pray that. Let's learn to pray that with Biblical intelligence and anticipate it and believe it. And the reason I'm telling you what I'm telling you today is for you to understand that is your rightful place on the planet, that you will be an ambassador of the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God as it is in heaven is in you. If you have God, it's in you. It's at least where he is. He's trying to permeate the rest of your life. Look what it says. Verse 8, heal the sick. Everyone say heal the sick. Uh, don't pray for them, heal them. I'm, I, we do pray for him, but heal him. Now again, it's he does it, you don't, I don't. He does it. Heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Uh, by the way, and I'm going to tell you this. I'm i parenthetically, which means it's a little parenthesis. I'm just a little quote inside, because um, we want to show you this whole story at some point. Last week we started the series. The very next day, a woman out church. Uh, baby son died in the crib. Blue lips, no pulse. She was doing CPR. She was praying in Jesus' name. For seven minutes, he was dead. He came back to life. Whoa. Is that, is that woman a prophet? Is that woman in ministry? Is that, she's just a mom who cried out to an almighty God. You have no idea what God will do in or through you. You have to be available. And some of y'all are going, that will never happen to me. It probably won't because you got attitude. <laughs> Duh. It's like it's like this. This girl goes up to oh the guy girl whatever you know you probably never want to go out with me because I'm kind of goofy and all that, so I, I you know probably have no interest in me. So, and the girl's like oh yeah okay I don't bye. <laughs> you talk yourself out of it. You want to talk yourself out of a miracle? Go ahead. Why waste your time? Why do that? Why not say God? Let's do this. This is a whole series. What if what if you said God? Let's do this. What if you said, for the next few months, I really want to see what you will do in my life. That's where I'm at. Because I feel like I want to see some miracles. I've seen a bunch. I want to see a whole lot more. I'm down. I'm down. Amen. God told his disciples, turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. We're going to be done here in a minute. Before I read Matthew 28, let me do a review. You're in Matthew. Adam and Eve were created with dominion over the earth. Everyone say dominion. dominion. They had all authority. Devil had no authority. Devil comes, causes, and deceives them into making an agreement with him by believing him instead of God. Their relationship with God dies, the devil gets the authority. Thousands of years go by and God's story of salvation comes where he creates a nation called Israel and through that nation comes Jesus, the son of God. He lives, fulfills all the prophecies of the Messiah of the Old Testament, dies on the cross, pays for the price of Adam's sin, gets back the authority and wants to give it back to us. So we can undo the works of the devil in our life, and the kingdom of God can be spread on the earth. That is the Bible. Christianity is not. I say a prayer, go to church, whether well, it be the rock church, skyline, flood, whatever, and I just put somebody in a place. That's that's not that's church. That's not the kingdom. It's part of the kingdom, but we made it all the kingdom. And now God is this small and the devil's this big, and I gotta live in fear. Hopefully the devil doesn't get me. Oh God, please don't let the devil get me. Forget the devil. God Crush that fool. (laughs) That's how you got to look at it. So look what it says. Chapter 28, verse 18. I'm going to have the the, the worship guy come out. It says, Jesus came and (laughs) spoke. This is after he rose from the dead. And he says in verse 18, chapter 28, Matthew, all authority. Everyone say "all all authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. If Jesus has all authority, how much is left for the devil? None. Except what you give him. That's it. You want to be a hoochie? You're giving him authority. You want to be a drunk? You're giving him authority. You want to be a liar? You're giving him authority. But if you say, Lord, I'm standing on your promises. And look what it says. Jesus says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Uh, Guess what he's saying. Same thing Adam and Eve were told. Fill the earth, subdue it, multiply with people who are just like you. That's all he's saying, same thing, starting over. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, teaching them to do everything I told you to do. And what did I tell you to do? Go heal, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach the kingdom of God. That's your purpose. Does it mean you don't work at McDonald's? No, you can work at McDonald's. Bring the kingdom to McDonald's. You can work at the hospital. Bring the kingdom to the hospital. I was talking to a pro. I'm sure you wouldn't mind me telling a story, but just to be safe, I won't say his name. I was talking to a, a celebrity recently who goes to hospitals all the time to visit kids. And he said two weeks ago... I figured out why God has me go. And we were talking nothing about what this is. He says, God wants me to bring his presence into the hospital with all these little kids so someone can be healed. I was like, brother, you hit it on the head. Imagine if you, you have the kingdom in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. That is the presence of God. The Holy Spirit presence can do wonders if we just let him. And so when you where you go, you bring the presence of the kingdom with you. The question is, are you letting the kingdom out? Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Everybody in all the campuses. Lord, I know that if I talk loud, or if I talk fast, it doesn't help or hurt. You can do what you do if I whisper, but you don't know have fire in my bones I can't hold back. So, please excuse me for getting all loud. (laughs) So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would stir up people's hearts right now in all our campuses, that they would want what you want for us, that thy will would be done in our life as it is in heaven, in our life that we would learn how to pray into reality the Lord's Prayer. That supernaturalness will be surrounded our life, fill our life. If you are saying, I want all of that for my life. I want the will of God to be fulfilled in my life. In a minute I'm just going to ask you to stand. And all you got to be standing is I just want the will of God in my life. You don't say it with your mouth, you're going to say it as you stand. The will of God, maybe I want you. You want to be saved, you want to have a powerful prayer life, you want healing, whatever it is, you want to be used by God in a supernatural way. And God will take care of the rest. He just wants a willing heart, someone who will believe what he says. So if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I need you. I want you. Dear God. I surrender my whole life to you. I want to know my place in the kingdom. I want to know my role in the kingdom. And I want to fulfill my role in the kingdom. Holy Spirit, flow in me and out of me. Use me. God, glorify yourself in my life. Thank you. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to ask you, all the campuses, just to stand up right now. Stand up. And before the campuses leave, I just want the campuses to stay online listening to me real quick. God bless you. Stay online. I have one more thing to say to all you campuses. But I want to say, God bless you, to everybody. Standing up. Stay standing. All the campuses, stay with me just for one more minute. God bless you. God bless you. Stand up. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I want to tell the campus pastors before you go offline to remind your people of what's on the lesson plan. In the very top of the lesson plan, a challenge to pray 15 minutes a day. This week, one 15-minute session every day to decide a place and a time to sit and listen to the voice of God. So right now I want you to go ahead and handle your altar call, but I want you to make sure you tell your people that. Because I want us all to do that together, that we're all going to spend 15 minutes minimum listening to God. Amen. Okay, right now, all you people who are standing, I'm going to ask you right now to come down to the altar. Let's give all these people a hand as they come on down.